Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. Tonight's show is a very special one. We have a special guest, Mrs. Beth Warren, who has been on the show a number of times already, who is a nutritionist. You can reach her at uh, Beth Warren Nutrition on the Internet. We'll get a telephone number in a minute. But right now, without further ado, I'm going to welcome the, to our show, uh, Mrs. Warren. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. How oh, are you? Baruch Hashem. A long time since we had you on the show. I'm sure some interesting things happened. I saw, I saw something about Joy of Kosher. You want to tell us about that? The recent uh, situation? Oh, yeah. It's, it's um, crazy how much time has passed. Um, well, well, they had an interesting, cute little contest um, for people who don't necessarily have a culinary background, but they could post recipes for Rosh Hashanah, and um, I, I posted a recipe for a roasted chicken with apples, so they have a little contest um, to nominate, to vote for who you, who's your favorite, and I think the winners go through, I think, to Kosher Fest this year to, to compete, so it's really cute. Very, very nice. So I see you have some other activities aside from your, your basic nutritional program. Um, yeah, aside from my practice, I, I try to just also come up with recipes now, and um, my food blog and my Instagram has been a lot of kosher recipes now actually showing people what they can make for the holidays um, that could be healthier, uh, but still traditional. Well, why don't we give a couple of suggestions right now while we, as we start up the show. Give us some kind of recommendations for Rosh Hashanah. Well, I like to incorporate a lot of the fruits that are part of the holiday into actual dishes during the meal. So, uh, like I was saying, that apple, that chicken, that roasted chicken, I, I have apples um, roasting with the chicken. So it's really good. It also becomes an interesting dip instead of only thinking of, you know, dipping in the honey. Um, it's more of like an applesauce that comes from the roasted chicken that you could dip inside. Um, but it's also just incorporating uh, pomegranates and apples into things like a wild rice. I made um, wild rice. Wild rice is more of a whole grain. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the taste of brown rice versus white rice. So wild rice is another interesting option that they could try because it tastes completely different and it becomes a different dish. So I incorporated apples into that as well. Um, I've had a brisket recipes with pomegranate in it. Uh, it's, it's cool to be able to use that because a lot of these sauces or um, recipes call for, let's say, a lot of brown sugar um, or even worse uh, types of syrups in them, and especially the store-bought brands. And if you just now we could incorporate, you know, pomegranates and um, fruits into actually making these dishes, they're still sweet, but they're naturally sweetened. So, so it's... it's Exciting in that way. Right. And people can see these online, or how would they yes. get the- They can see it online. My website is bethwarrennutrition.com. Um, and I post also to my Instagram, which is at beth underscore warren. Um, both of them have uh, all these recipes because we've been updating our blog a lot. And um, people could see it there. You know, there's also like classic apple pies, but just with a little bit of a healthier twist using more natural sugars like agave and things like that. You know, just trying to tweak things just a little bit so people could have them to be a little bit healthier. And because this holiday has so much fruit involved and fresh fruit or dried fruit even with the dates and things, um, it's such an opportunity to be able to use the natural sweeteners in the dishes. Maybe you can give us an idea 
of how uh, somebody could survive the Yom Tov with all the foods that we do eat. I, I saw something you said in the blog, very good. You made a little uh, notation about a, f- a few ideas uh, about how to approach, approach the meal and not to uh, overeat. Can you maybe give us a little bit on the, on the line right now about that? Absolutely. Well, we have the Simanim first and foremost, where we have the Seder, and with that, we could only consume so much, first of all, so we're not going to be able to eat too much at once, but most of those foods are really whole food-based, and they're a good opportunity for us to kind of uh, get a little bit satisfied before we get into the heavy, heavy meal. Um, Maybe if we take our time with that and just, you know, enjoy that um, whatever Simanim people may use, depending on, you know, Spartak, Ashkenaz, but whatever it is, um, it's, it's a nice time to just kind of get your uh, appetite a little bit satiated before you get to the heavy meal. And then once you do get to the meal, just try to really think about, first of all, how late it is. <laughs> it's going to be really late, especially this year. That's, um, well, actually, of course, it's, it's later this year. Later. Um, but with the plate, we just want to think of trying to have vegetables on that plate. A lot of times with these big holiday meals. We have a lot of proteins. We have meat, fishes, and chicken, and this and that. A lot of times people don't even have vegetable dishes, or maybe they may have one small dish. And because of that, we a lot of times overconsume the protein options like the meat. So I just would like people to make a balanced plate where there's vegetables on there, and they pick one source of protein, or if they want more than one, then just have a little bit less of each. Um, just because there's all the food on the table doesn't mean we have to have all the food choices. Uh, because there's other meals coming up. There's lunchtime, which is still a heavy meal, and then there's the next dinner, and then the next lunch. And, you know, let's face it, it really is a holiday season, and next thing we know it's going to be Sukkot, and we're going to have more meals. So, you know, everyone could kind of pace themselves and say, that thank God, you know, this food will be here. Um, we'll probably be seeing more of it. And uh, let's just make a choice and decide what we want to have now, what we want to have later. Mrs. Warren, maybe you can give some suggestions. A lot of our listeners, uh, I remember from the past calls that we used to have, the past shows that we did together, a lot of times they're having difficulty with their children and what they will eat. Can you give us some suggestion about, especially around the, the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, on the foods that we serve, is there a way that we can bring those kids out a little bit more? Um, yeah, well, in... in Reference to the holiday, um, you know, the whole idea of kind of giving feeding the kids first um, is probably a good idea because it's so late. I, it's it's really tough even for us adults to wait that late. So if that's an option to give them a part of dinner or a small, you know, whatever it's uh, chicken soup or something from dinner that's a little balanced um, before that that late. It also depends on the age of the child and all that. Um, but it it really should be the same way that we're we're guiding ourselves on how to eat where they should make choices of, of what they want instead of feeling like they have or should have everything. And every, there should be one portion of each thing um, that they do have, meaning we don't go back for second, third, fourth, fifth, uh, just because the food's in front of us. It's another challenge on the holiday, the fact that we're all sitting around, we're all enjoying each other, we're all talking, and next thing we know we're sitting there a few hours in front of the food and most likely we're eating more than we meant than we're meant to or we're hungry for because the food's in front of us. So, um, you know, it's just a matter of kind of, of recognizing even with your child, like if they keep coming back for food, you know, is this even coming out of hunger anymore? Um, a lot of, a good way is to kind of prep them before. You know, if you're used to going to houses as a guest 
um, somewhere and you know that they don't really cook the healthiest food or, you know, they have way too much of, you know, certain unhealthy options, you could prep your child and you could say, you know, oh, we know that, you know, grandma, let's say not to blame it all on grandma, but grandma has, um, you know, we know grandma always has a lot of dessert, but we're, we're going to pick one or two things and then we're going to have dessert again tomorrow. You know, you could prep them that way, and then that way they know that, that when they see all the dessert, it doesn't necessarily mean that they can or, or have to eat all of it, and they have to make one or two choices. Very so, good. again, it depends on really the age of the child and, and things like that um, uh, to decide your strategy. I want to ask you a few questions of, of a general nature, and then maybe we'll open it up to our listeners and uh, anyone who wants to call. I'm going to wait a couple of minutes, so uh, take the jot down the number, 718 683 Five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Give us a few more minutes before you call, and you could text us even right now at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight for our guest, Mrs. Beth Warren, who's a nutritionist and is very interested in uh, in, in in weight loss and children's problems in terms of eating and all eating disorders and, and problems and, and, and just for normal people who have a difficulty in, in, in negotiating the meals. Uh, let me ask you briefly, uh, somebody who is celiac, does, what, what uh, recommendations are you giving out these days that will help them? Is it just the, is the only thing, watch out for gluten and, and maybe some hidden areas of gluten you can share with us? Oh, there's definitely hidden areas. If anything, that's the biggest concern with, with being celiac because it's very obvious that, especially who people who have celiac, that they can't have wheat or gluten. Um, so, you know, it's obvious let's stay away from bread because obviously that's going to have gluten in it. Um, what, what's concerning is when it's the hidden ingredients um, and it's mess in a lot of different terms um, and a lot of different ingredients. So they have to be very aware when they're going to families' houses um, as a guest, that nothing has gluten in it, and also be wary of cross-contamination. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, families that, you know, these people feel comfortable telling a family they're going to that they do have celiac or an allergy to gluten, however they want to phrase it, and then the family is aware so they could at least try to make them feel um, comfortable by having dishes for them or, you know, trying to make everything really gluten-free, which is a really fun challenge. That's not so as difficult these days. Um, but, like, what I like to do, and I have family members who are um, allergic to wheat, um, you know, I really try to accommodate as best as possible in areas that I don't have to opt for something with gluten or wheat. I wouldn't do it. So, like, if I'm making a dessert with a cake, let's say that was going to be the case, um, you know, it's better to pick something like an ices-based thing that you can make where, you know, now all the children can enjoy the ices and mm -hmm. um, now they don't feel uncomfortable. So, you know, it's definitely something to be concerned about and aware, um, but I'm hoping that they're, they share it with wherever they're going so they could help navigate that. Another question is uh, all of us suffer from this, a sweet tooth. We all like to have something that's really sweet. If you don't have the candy, you don't have the chocolate, and what could we substitute as a snack or desserts also? But, I mean, what, what, what are you recommending these days as something that will satisfy that sweet tooth? Well, if you take the holiday-themed um, the holiday fruits, like the dates, dates have become very popular in sweetening a lot of desserts that people are making these days. Um, they're making date-based um, things that have 
act as a sweetener. Dates are super sweet, so you also have to be mindful of how much you're eating. A lot of times when fruits are dried especially, it's so much more concentrated, the sugar amount. So a little bit goes a long way in terms of what your portion could be and also what your sweet tooth could be satisfied with. So if you take like three dates and almonds or walnuts, that's really the perfect snack. You could kind of stuff in the almonds into the date to be fun, or you could just have it on the side. But you could incorporate that as a snack. Um, pomegranate seeds are really fun to use, and you could put that in a yogurt, like the Greek yogurt. Um, the Greek yogurt these days is becoming a lot of different options. I still would opt. My ideal one would be to get a plain Greek yogurt and put pomegranate seeds in that. You could put, like, chia seeds in there and things. Um, that's a great snack. It also could be a breakfast. Um, if you are going to have a sweetened yogurt, you just want to make sure they're naturally sweetened, not artificially sweetened. Um, it's something that is constantly brought to me to my attention, especially if someone's called Israel, um, that a lot of these sugars, a lot of these 100-calorie yogurts, so to speak, have Splenda or these artificial sweeteners in it. Um, and on the flip side, if they don't have the artificial sweetener, they sometimes have too much sugar. That's why a yogurt, plain yogurt, um, a good way to go, or one that's sweetened naturally, which is only one halal variety that is sweetened naturally. There is, a, there is um, one you say. I don't know if you want me to say what the name yeah, is. Yeah, please but... go ahead. Go ahead. Mention it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the Normans, the Pro Plus variety of Normans. What is it again? Um, Normans what? Pro, pro what? Pro Plus. It's very specific. Pro oh. Plus. It's not just any Normans. It's only Normans Pro Plus. It's sweetened with stevia, which is a natural sweetener. Um, so it's not artificial and it's not added sugar. So if anyone wants a sweetened yogurt, that would be and is halal Israel, like that would be the way to go. Okay, um, so that could be a great snack. Um, and then also with the almonds and dates on my blog. So I was saying I have a Rosh Shana. We called it a recipe roundup, and in there are these almond date balls. I actually have a cute video to go along with that, and. Um, they're basically these little truffles that you make by blending almonds and dates and walnuts with a little bit of vanilla extract together, and you make them into these little balls, and you can freeze them, and they really satisfy your sweet tooth. It goes a long way. I also made um, a banana avocado pudding. It sounds very odd, but if you try it, it's good. Um, so it really comes out like a pudding. I actually, when I was testing the recipe, I was invited out for for Shabbat with my friend next door, and we brought them as a dessert, and they all ate it. So no one really even knows there's even avocado in it if you just don't tell them. Avocado is a very creamy texture, so it's more for a textural purpose than it being a flavor thing. And on top, you sprinkle, we sprinkled um, pomegranate seeds. And they look, it looks really fancy, and it was really fun. It's a really fun thing even for a shana, but as a snack, it's a nice, clean treat. Um, so these days, there's a lot of these clean treats out there, they call them, where it's still something that we have to be mindful of in terms of portions because they are still sweet, but they're much cleaner ingredients. They're much more quality foods in there, and I think that that's what everyone is starting to and should focus on, that the quality of their ingredients matter. And then... You should you should match your portion size to that, but you should think quality first, not only the calories. Okay, we're going to take a moment off just to talk about our sponsor, and then we're going to get back to Mrs. Beth Warren, who is a nutritionist. And uh, I see some from some of the text people would prefer. I know we have a lot of calls already coming in. You can start calling now seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. People ask me, I see some of the texts over here. This is what's good with Rosh Hashanah, uh, you know, get back to the Kashras. We'll be at the Kashras again. But, you know, to us, 
uh, a healthy body is extremely important. Kosher means controlling what you eat, thinking about what you eat, and if, and if people become so obese and so uh, they so much forget the responsibility to their body, I can't see that that is the right thing. So to me, even though kosher and diet and health is not the same thing, I think that they work a lot together. And in the magazine, we do have articles on nutrition on a pretty regular basis. And I wanted to mention a little bit about our sponsor, and we'll get back to, uh, to Mrs. Warren and to our callers. And you can text in to 347-927-8398, or you can call the studio, 718-683-5858. The phones are getting pretty busy, but we have room. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M. And the Glotmart, when we think about Glotmart, you think about price, convenience, service, and quality. At Glotmart... They have a specials that are very, very good specials, and you can save a lot of money in Gladmart on the specials, but you can also save a lot of time by parking in their valet parking service. Uh, just come into uh, Gladmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all the special items you purchase in the store. And some of the items that are on sale right now at Gladmart, family pack beef stew, $7.99 a pound. I chuck roast, $9.99 a pound. Uh, how about Mendy's Honey Cake, 13 ounce, two for $5. Beigel's 7-Layer or Roll Cake, three forty nine. dollars Lieber's Honey, 2 pounds, three ninety nine. dollars Hecker's Flour, 5 pounds, two for $5. And Fresh and Tasty or Atove Shredded Cheese, 8 ounces. Mozzarella Pizza or, or Cesarella, one ninety nine for the 8 ounces. Very good deal. So it, And the Gladmart, the quality of the meats is A1 with the, the certification of both the Star K and the Batakashis of Flatbush with expert Nikor and with uh, Base Yosef, so, uh, Base Yosef standard, that at Gladmart you're getting uh, a very uh, good quality of meats. And, uh, and, and when you get a chance to uh, stop into the store and you happen to see Dove, tell him you heard about Gladmart over J-Root Radio on Kashrus on the Air. And now we're going to get back to our busy phones. I see everybody's calling in. And we, you can text in also, 347-927-8398. Okay, the first caller. You're on Kashrus on the Air with Mrs. Beth Warren, a nutritionist. Can we help you? Hello. Yes, go ahead, please. Hi, I wanted to know if a honey... A honeycomb needs a hashkacha. If honeycomb? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't see, I'm not familiar with a honeycomb. Uh, it's, it's being sold as honeycomb. I'm, I'm very sorry right now you're catching me off guard. Um, I don't know if it's, uh, that's something I wouldn't be able to answer you right now. I'm sorry. If you can I call see. me at the office, though, and I'll get the answer for you. 718-336-8544, and I'll get back to you, okay? Yes, I thank you. You're welcome. You're on Kasha's on the air. Can we help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, I would like to find out, not about obesity, but if somebody suffers from diarrhea, is honey something that could, uh, uh, we should refrain as much as we could, or is something that is healthy for, for diarrhea? Mrs. Warren, did you hear that, that call? Yeah, I heard it. Honey, you said, yeah, I, yeah. I would stay away from it. It's kind of like the apple juice thing. Um, you know, when you're having bouts of diarrhea, you, should, you have to be very cognizant of the sugars and the sugar alcohols that are going into your system. Um, it shouldn't really be the types of sugar in honey shouldn't bother it that much. It throws off the fluid content in the stomach, and because of that, it, it exacerbates, like, diarrhea if someone's already experiencing it. But 
it shouldn't, I mean, a little bit, again, a little bit goes a long way. I don't think in, in a little bit, of, uh, in little quantities it should be uh, a problem. It's just a problem if we're, like, dipping tons of challah into tons of honey and if you're having a lot of it. Um, but that would probably be with any source of sugars in that sense. Uh-huh. And what about sweet potatoes? Sweet what? Potato. Sweet potatoes. Oh, in terms of what, diarrhea or just health? Yes, yes. Oh, that should be that should be okay. I mean, that's that's a pretty. It's. I think that would be fine. It, it depends on also where the diarrhea is stemming from. That's really like the correct answer to say. Um, you know, for example, like the apple juice scenario it, with infants and and babies having apple juice when they're having diarrhea, it's because it's usually coming from when they're sick with a certain virus. Um, if it's diarrhea from like an IBS situation, then that have, might have to be looked into in terms of um, what food intolerances the person has. And if sweet potato wouldn't be right for them, there's specific kinds of carbohydrates that do need to be broken down in the gut. Um, the sweet potato is one of them, and it's a complex carbohydrate. But it depends on the the intolerance of the person and and how uh, if that's something that bothers them specifically. It's hard to say with diarrhea; it's very individualized. Okay, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Next, next Go caller. Ahead. Go ahead. You're on. You're on. Cautious on the air. Can I help you? Yes, I am looking for a good uh, breakfast, a healthy, quick breakfast. Good. Any good ideas? Is it, is oh, I have tons. Um, <laughs> is it, uh, I know, but something that breakfast. doesn't take too hard to prepare, too uh, too complicated, and it should be tasting. <laughs> Absolutely. I mentioned the Greek yogurts. Are you willing to have those? Okay, so uh, first of all, one like yogurt the... by itself, or uh, no, just so, adding anything so to I it? No, so I was saying, yeah, so if you're willing to have a Greek yogurt, that's, it's very quick. Um, and then I would add um, a fruit to it, and you could put, let's say, some granola or some whole grain cereal inside. So um, okay. if you and get a low-sugar granola, try to find one under 10 grams of sugar. Put about a quarter of a cup in the yogurt cup, and then you take a fruit with it or a half a cup of, like, blueberries. You could throw it all inside, um, squish it all in there, and then run out of the house. Um, or you could put it more in, like, a to-go styrofoam cup and, and just leave the house. Um, that's one of my like quickest, easiest, usual go-to. And that um, should last for how long? Until lunch? Until um, 1.30? No, not at all. We're supposed to eat about every three hours, give or take. Sometimes two hours, two to three hours, depending. So it's it's not, not meals. You're talking about snacking, right? Day. Yeah, you're supposed to snack. So if you have, if you eat breakfast like 7 a.m., so you know, about 10 to So this 30, is a breakfast. This know? is a snack. A yogurt. This, no, the fruit. yogurt with the granola and the fruit is a breakfast. The yogurt in and of mm-hmm. itself is a snack. So if you beef it up mm-hmm. a little bit with some of those extra foods, it becomes more of a meal-like thing. Um, but also, I don't know if you want to wash ramotzi because you could do a slice of a whole wheat bread with two tablespoons of a peanut butter, natural peanut butter, or an almond butter. That's a quick one. So how healthy is that if I take bread with peanut butter? I mean, I'm not going to just give us, you know, I'm going to add some peanut butter already, so I'm going to... Like jelly and peanut butter, that's more like I find it to be more like a kid's I know. Mash. So I much rather you do like a half a banana and slice on the peanut butter and use the fruit sugar because the problems with jelly is most of them are either artificially sweetened or, or added sugars. And you want to try to limit added sugars in your diet. Um, but that would be another big option. I mean, oatmeal, I had that this morning as it's starting to get a little bit colder here. Um, and that was really good, but... If you could try to make it on the stove, is even better. It doesn't take long. It sounds intimidating, but it takes like four minutes. It's not a joke. It really takes so. So quick. we're down to yogurt. Uh, 
Yogurt and yogurt with said, granola uh, and fruit. A yogurt, granola or, and fruit, a slice of whole wheat bread and uh, almond butter or peanut butter on it with a half a banana. Mm-hmm. Um, you like cottage cheese? You could do cottage cheese and fruit. Like put a mm-hmm. bunch how of about, berries. How about these cereals, these golden cereals or any of these types? Uh-huh. Um, the way I work with cereals is it should have over 5 grams of fiber. It should be a very high-fiber cereal and less than 10 grams of sugar. So, yes, a, a Goldeen cereal would, would, would be one of those. Um, I like Barbara's Puffins. is a pretty less processed form of cereal. The issue with cereals is they're usually highly processed, but, but they're fine. I mean, for a grab-and-go, to have a cup of cereal with a cup of milk and the fruit, that's fine. That's all mm-hmm. you really need. Okay. Well, okay, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate no problem. It. I just want to tell you, uh, Mrs. Warren, what I eat mostly for the breakfast is just uh, just vegetables. I mean, a little bit something else to fill in, too. But um, we had a lady on the show here. I don't even know the name of it. What's it called again? Master something or other. <laughs> I bought, we got one of these uh, little things that you, you cut the vegetables. Chopper, the chopper. Yeah, the chopper. And, it, and it's absolutely amazing. I use it every single day, maybe a few times a day. And this little gizmo over here takes less than five minutes to take a bunch of vegetables, grind it up, and then if you want to add something, I, I add like hummus, uh, yeah. you know, something else. I, I'm a little bit into the, I like, I like a pickle, I like a, I like sometimes I put a little uh, pepper or something else on it. But it's, it's absolutely amazing because for years when we used to cut vegetables, cut your finger, cut the table, and this thing... It, it's less than five minutes to repair the That's whole really thing. That's really amazing. One of people's biggest complaints is that they don't want to sit there cutting vegetables. Well, if you use this one time, I, I didn't believe this thing. She came in here and she did the demonstration here in the, sh- the studio. She gave me right. one, so I didn't even have to buy it. It was it's a, it cost about 50 bucks in any of these uh, stores, these house uh, supply stores. But the point is that it, it transforms the tedious work of making a salad into a, a little child's play. It takes literally three turns of the wheel, which is not hard to do. Three turns wow. of the wheel and you have a salad. That's Amazing. really cool. Yeah, I, that's what I think. Anyway, well, let's see. Yeah. So you're eating more vegetables. That's great. I'm eating I mean, a lot of vegetables. If you can incorporate vegetables into your breakfast, that's, that's great. I'm eating I mean, a lot of vegetables. vegetables and it, the better. I'm eating it because I, I may try to change my, change my diet. And I went into these vegetables, and I'll tell you, he's talking about taste. A mixture of the of, of vegetables that are different colors is so tasty, and even and with this little gizmo where you turn it around, I try to turn it as few times as possible, because I like big chunky vegetables. It, it gives you the real flavor. When it makes it into a little teeny pieces, it doesn't have the same zip for me. I like it when it's yeah. It's I think it also pieces. maybe you're chewing more, so you're just getting that's more. Tr- that's good too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, we got another caller. Go ahead. You're on Kadesh on the air. Can we help you? Yes, I actually called before. I want to ask you about <laughs> the shakes also for breakfast. Uh, a friend of mine told me he takes a shake. Anything specific that you could uh, recommend? Um, yeah, you could definitely do a shake. Um, all you need is a, it's a simple protein powder you should try to get. Um, if, it's, if it's a whey protein powder and you're Kalavi you just have to make sure it's Kalavi Um That's Protein powder should just be something simple. You don't need any of these shake concoctions that people may be selling and are very expensive. If you get a protein powder and you have another source of protein, like I said, like a natural peanut butter or an almond butter or a plain Greek yogurt or even just a cup of milk, 
and you combine one scoop of the protein powder, one of those other options, like one tablespoon of peanut butter, one scoop of protein powder, and I like to use almond milk even as a base. So I get an unsweetened almond milk, um, and you put a cup of almond milk in there, and one cup of fruit, mm-hmm. whatever fruit variety you like, or you put a half a banana. Um, that mixes up really well, nicely into a breakfast smoothie. So the breakfast smoothie has to have two of those proteins in it. So a scoop of protein powder would be one, and a tablespoon of a nut butter would be another, for example. And then you do a cup of fruit in there, and I use almond milk as a base, and that's it. I mean, you can, I use frozen fruit, so it's nice and cold. Uh, you can put ice. Um, but that's a great option, yeah, for sure. Even okay. for a snack, if you ever did a smoothie for a snack, you just put one source of protein instead of two. So it's either the tablespoon of the nut butter. Mrs. Warren, let's just tell the readers about about your book, where we haven't uh, talked about it in a few years. Um, What's the name of the book again? My book is called Living a Real Life with Real Food, How to Get Healthy, Lose Weight, and Stay Energized the Kosher Way. And it's a book about how we could use the kosher lifestyle that we live um, and use it towards being healthier, like we, there's so many disciplines that we have associated with being kosher um, that we really don't take that extra step to say, you know, I'm reading the food label anyways, looking for a hexer, like let me look at the nutrition facts, like is this food healthy for me, like let me look at the ingredients, you know, just because we keep kosher doesn't mean the quality of the food should fall off the waistline and, you know, that's something I'm really like vocal about and trying to get to change, especially when we're paying a higher premium price for it, I really think that we should demand you know, more quality whole ingredients. Um, But then it goes further into just tackling all the different scenarios we find ourselves in frequently. Like, you know, we're in social situations all the time, thank God. You know, we have weddings weekly. We have Friday night meals. So I try to teach people how to eat healthier um, in those situations, which is great coming up for, you know, Sunday night for Shana. Mm -hmm. And um, also just how to shop in a supermarket, what to look for in a food label, and I go through all the different food groups, just kind of uh, identifying the different controversies and showing how what we should take from them and, and what should be our look, outlook based on our, all the craziness going on. Like, should we be gluten-free? Should we be dairy-free? Um, but then there's cute little biblical and Talmudic anecdotes in there just to, um, you know, just to tie it more into our kosher lifestyle. And then there's meal plans and recipes at the end. So there's a bunch of recipes that correspond with meal plans that people could just follow on their own about, you know, if they wanted to follow a diet, and it's only for the kosher consumer. So what that means by that is that anybody really could read the book and follow, no matter if they're kosher or not. But what's nice is that there's not going to be a meal plan where there's dairy, you know, and meat mixed right. together and all these uh, modifications you have to make. It's just there. Yeah, so. we, have, we have another call. We're going to grab it. Uh, I, we'll, we'll pick that up a little bit later because I wanted to talk about something different related to your books. Go ahead. Let's go. Okay, you're on Conscious on the Air. Can we help you? Yes, good evening. I have two questions to ask, actually. First of all, I'd like to wish everybody a get year because this is the last the last, the last program of the of the year. And second of all, I have a question regarding the Slurpees. One of my neighbors called up. Well, we, we, we were trying to stick to the topic. Mrs. Warren is a, is a nutritionist, and she's really uh, a specialist in any kinds of diseases that relate to food, and which is okay, so, so many. So, so I really... my question for her then is, for constipation, what is the best foods to eat for constipation? 
And it's not a child, it's an adult. Okay. For constipation, again, it really it depends also on the source of the constipation, but um, to have high-fiber foods is really critical. A lot of times, you know, we're not eating whole grains, we're not eating whole wheat things, we're eating a lot of refined grains, and a lot of times in our day we're not incorporating enough vegetables and fruit. And um, that would really help constipation, you know, right then and there. Also, if someone is having a lot of fiber, and especially if they're taking, like, crazy fiber supplements, which I don't think that are necessarily necessary if someone's eating a high-fiber diet with food, um, but they have to drink adequate fluid. Um, there's Fiber is not digested. It stays in the gut to try to draw out all the stuff that has to come out. And it's not going to move to draw anything out if you don't drink enough fluid to pass it through. So oftentimes I see that people might might be trying to have a lot of fiber, but they're, they're not willing to drink or they're not drinking enough water. And if that's the case, that's just going to contribute to the situation being a lot worse. Um, and then there's just lifestyle factors that could help, like getting enough sleep and being physically active in the day um, and things like that, that if you just have a more of a wellness um, lifestyle, that should really help. But I really encourage people, no matter who you are, that to really take probiotics. Probiotics are boost your immune system, first of all, but they also re- help regulate your digestive system. And if someone's severely undergoing constipation issues, um, I think they should really investigate, you know, their source of, you know, why that might be, whether, again, we were saying before, an IBS issue um, or something like that, because there's di- our gut has billions of different bacteria. And if we have too much of one or not enough of another, our whole system's out of whack, and that could contribute to either diarrhea or it could do constipation or it could do bloating. So um, probiotics are a great um, help for that. And there's a, there's a lot of different brands these days. There's a lot of different um, concoctions and formulas. So if one's not working for someone, I encourage them not to give up on them because I know we need them. It's just you might not have the right cocktail of them. And it takes at least about 10 days for them to take because they're basically plant food. So you have to take them every single day. Um, and hopefully it really does help regulate your system. It's really amazing. Okay, then thank how you. How long after the 10 days will somebody see results? No, well, you should take them forever, but <laughs> but um, but 10 days at least to see something is different, like whether this is a little softer or it's just more easily able to go, things like that, like whatever change that means for you. Um, and if you're thank not you. seeing a change, thank then, you like, very, very you much. might not have, have good the, right, the right okay. type. Let, let, let me before we take any more calls for a moment. I want to answer. I wanted to talk about two few things that were uh, sent in by uh, uh, you know by texting. I just want to mention to people that uh, Mrs. Warren is a nutritionist, and she's a good one. But uh, anything of this nature, you really should be speaking to your doctor about. And uh, a nutritionist can be helpful, but you'd never get involved without without a uh, without a doctor's involvement. I want to add something about that. Basically, we all know our body somehow. Right. And some certain people as eating certain certain material, certain food, and it's react differently. You know, I can eat a meal, I can drink milk, and I get diarrhea. I can eat uh, something else. I get uh, You have to understand that your body is working. Not we are not. We are we we are human, but each of us has a different metabolism, different. You know. So this is have to consider yourself, check yourself also, and just you know go go as as Rabbi Wickler said about the doctor, consider the doctor also. Definitely. Before we take another caller, I wanted to ask these questions over here. Um, somebody uh, texted in. 
they're asking about, they wanted to point out that it's important to serve the child a breakfast on, on the Yom Tov, which is a lot of people sort of get, don't get around to serving something healthy. But, but one person texted in here, um, he said, I know I have to have portion control, but I have no self-control. What should I do? You want to give a little advice to how to people to work with this portion control? Oh, definitely. Um, well, there's there's two reasons why we eat, we overeat. One is that we really are starving, and the other one is just because we want to. So you have to first solve the, you know, um, because I'm starving, because that's something we could fix. A lot of times when we go into Yom Tov's holiday, we're so busy getting ready for it that we don't eat. We skip a lot of meals, or we maybe snack on whatever food's already ready, and we're kind of picking, which is the worst habit. I really encourage people to stop and eat their meals before the holiday even starts. They should have a breakfast. They should have snack and lunch and snack. And then they might even have a third snack before dinner starts because it's going to be very late. Like maybe before shul time, you know, they sit and they have an apple and peanut butter. Um, It's not the craziest idea in the world because then they might not come as famished to the meal. Um, Then you have to kind of just take a deep breath. Like we have brachot in our religion for a reason. Like it's a very mindful moment. It's supposed to make us stop and realize what we're about to be doing. And when we're um, saying, especially with the fact that we have a Seder before, and we are really are making tons of brachot, um, that we really have to focus on what we're food and just make it a very mindful moment and say, you know, this is the food I'm going to be eating right now. Like, this is going to be delicious. I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to be okay with having this one serving. It's more mindlessness that comes into play when you're overeating than it being mindful anymore. And, again, when we're on top of that, the fact that it's late, it's the time is late, the fact that we're with a lot of people and we're enjoying conversation and not really focusing on our food, the fact that there's tons of delicious options on the table, you know, all these factors, this is why, you know, we're having this conversation today on, on air is because there are these factors that are going to cause you to overeat. So if you really just take a deep breath and focus in the moment and say, you know, what here do I really want to have? Like, I, do I really need to have the, the the brisket and the chicken and the, you know, whatever other meat option there is? Mm-hmm. Or am I just really okay with having the chicken tonight? Like, really just make a choice. It's all about choices. Take a deep breath. Eat really slow. Chew your food. Um, you know, try not to talk while you're eating, but when you're done with your plate, then get in conversation so it takes your mind off of the food. There, there's all these things. And, again, in my book, Living a Real Life with Real Food, I do give tons of these, like, mindful options to do instead of it being about the food but more about, you know, enjoying the situation. Um, yeah. So okay. it's definitely we, something everyone's going to struggle with. Yeah. Are we going to take a call in just one second? I just want to tell you, tell the listeners, because some people, you know, I get some of these texts saying we should go back to the kashras, which we will do, but short next week. But what I, what I wanted to tell you is that in all the years that I'm on this radio show, uh, it's five years now, and I think the most moving moment for me was a caller that I got on one of these shows dealing with uh, eating and overeating and diet, and a, a boy called in who was very heavy, and he was in yeshiva, and he had to deal with the children able to eat everything, and he only able to eat limited things, and he was looking for us for some some support, some help, and and, and I remember the caller clearly. I don't want to tell everybody now details about it, even though you wouldn't figure out who it is, because I don't even know either. I asked him to call me, and he never did. And I till today I feel bad that I didn't somehow 
get his number and call him. It was just such a, a moment. And when you see people who eat themselves into the grave, when you see people who can't handle the whole thing, they're having serious problems in life, you got to understand this is a very, very important show. And I, I am happy that we have these occasionally. Okay, another caller. Go ahead, please. You're on Kasha's on the air. Can we help you? Yeah, me? You're on the phone, yeah. Yes, um, you were talking before about constipation. I'd like to know if magnesium, is that also one of the options to take for constipation? Um, yeah, that, you know, how the rabbi was saying, um, it's good to talk to your doctor about supplements and things, but um, I do, I have heard of that. I know people take it. It is a muscle relaxer, so sometimes it helps pass the stool through. But um, you should probably talk to your doctor about supplements or medication. Uh, okay, thank you very much. Okay. Sure. All right. What else would you like to throw in? Mrs. Warren, what would you like to throw yeah. in? Otherwise, um, I'll, uh, yeah. In the conversation? or with Yeah, no, we have time. We have another 18 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, so, yes, when it comes to this holiday season, it's just really important to try to, again, like, remember that, you know, even the days of the actual holiday, we should still stop to have a snack before we go back to shul. Um, the snacking is really important to try to set you on track. And then after the holiday, the in-betweens, like after Rosh Hashanah until Yom Kippur, you know, you should really try to think about eating more healthy because it's the next situation is just going to come up. You know, Yom Kippur with the fast is, is a long, long fast time. And it's important that we're thinking about it that whole week about having the proper balance of the meals and drinking a lot of fluid and hydrating ourselves. Um, and then, you know, again, for Sukkot, I always say that a lot of times, even if we do have some sort of willpower, by the time Sukkot comes, or especially the second half of Sukkot, we lose it. <laughs> and and I don't I don't want that to happen to people. You know, I really want everyone to stay on their best, you know, their best eating behaviors and just enjoy the food. It's not about not enjoying it. It's just about making choices and and really also moving. Moving is important to try to just, you know, take a walk and uh, be a little bit active. And, again, when you, the days of the week in between that we can be more active and do actual exercises, like I, you should go for it. You know, you should really do it. It's, it's really a month of holiday. It's not just a one- or two-day holiday because right. if that was the issue, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I want you to know that, that recommendation, I, didn't think every, I think it went over people's heads. I just want to stress it. I think, uh, I think I know what you were saying. You were mentioning about having a snack before you go back to show. I want you to know that little snack in the afternoon makes it easier to eat a normal meal at night. Otherwise, if you come into night meal starved, you're going to probably overeat. So, yeah, you, you definitely will. It's setting yourself up. Right. A lot of times people tell me, well, I didn't want to eat during the day because I wanted to allow myself to eat a lot at night. Um, and I tell them, well, that set you up to eat a lot at night, right. where you might not have wanted to if you just had the snack before. Okay, we so got another caller. Yeah, go ahead. You know, give yourself some credit. Right. Go ahead. Now you're on the air with with Mrs. Beth Warren. Go, please. Hello? Yeah, you're on the air with Mrs. Beth Warren and Rabbi Wickler. Go ahead, please. Yeah, hi. How are you doing? I wanted to find out about the bags of baby carrots. I used to snack in them all the time. People are telling me that they're not so good for you. <laughs> I'm so happy you asked that. Thank you. Um... Okay, the people who say it's not good are really not doing the actual research involved in figuring that out because so what I've looked into, and I've looked into it extensively because I don't take any, any news like this with, you know, with disregard. I always try to really look into it. From what I've mm -hmm. known, 
one of the issues was the fact that, well, there's a few issues that people had, but one is the fact that chlorine was used, you know, there was an extra burst of chlorine used to clean the carriage. Mm. Right, and from what that. I know, <laughs> and from what I looked into, is that it's not extra chlorine, it's just the natural chlorination that's in the water that washes the vegetables, that it's not a specific extra chlorine. So that's not the case. Then I heard that the carrots are like uh, some sort of modification to the growth to make them small. Well, the reality is that that's the size of the carrot. The carrots in the bag, they're grown like that. That's, that's what I've researched. And so in essence, I find that there's no issue. I've heard people from school when kids are finally proud or excited to bring a vegetable to school and they're bringing a baby carrot be shot down in school because they're told it's not healthy. So I'm, I definitely think they are healthy. I think that if kids are eating them, you should be applauding it. Um, I don't see any issue with the baby carrot. I mean, I, I, anything that comes in a bag, it has its own, people have their own issues with because it's not something as fresh. But in terms of that right. being your thing that you're not going to have because it's, you know, less fresh or not healthy is, is not the way to go. I mean, at, least snack, still, at least the snack in the middle of the time. And then people tell me, don't buy them, don't buy them, don't buy them, they're not healthy and not to you. I know. Maybe I should write a blog post on it and you could tell <laughs> them to go there because it's really not true. It's really not. It's one of those things people used to tell me about club soda and salt there being bad for your bones. Like, it's definitely up that alley of being more of just, you know, right. false than being true. Okay. But thank you Great. for that question. Thank you so wow. much. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Seems it seems that you, it seems that you have to be on guard all the time. I know I know everybody who's listening now understands that Mrs. Warren is a nutritionist, and when different research comes out, she doesn't look at it as and grab you know this or grab that. She actually looks through it, and I've seen that all the nutritionists that I know that they they don't just read one article or one uh, study and uh, then postulate from there. They really do the research because that's what we're trained to do, to do actual exactly. research. Like, I'm so happy he called in because especially with the Internet these days and, you know, even other radio shows, whatever it is, there's so much out there that people just quickly share it. You know, you click one button and it gets shared and it gets shared and it gets shared. And then you're like, but do you look at the source of what you're sharing? You're sharing some random website of, like, who knows who wrote it. There's nothing sourced. There's nothing anything. And you should really make sure to call into shows like this or, you know, speak to a dietitian and, and people who, who you know are very evidence-based, it's called, that everything they practice clinically is something from research. Um, that's what dietitians are. Then, you know, that's, that's the way to go is to try to ask your questions. That people come in all the time with empty bags or things that they purchase from the store or supplement containers that they just want to know about. And I fully encourage it. Like, that's how you learn. And that's how I learn, too. The, when people bring things to my attention, I have to look into it further. So it's, everyone works together. Okay. I, uh, let me just uh, ask the listeners if they'd like. They can call in and ask Akasha's question. The last 10 minutes of the show here, if anybody wants to. Otherwise, we'll continue our discussion. 718-683-5858 if you have any Akasha's questions to ask. 718-683-5858. You know, one of the things that I found very interesting, Mrs. Warren, is that in the yeshivas, every single yeshiva has to deal with kashras. They have to decide what we're going to allow into the classes. I, I read a very interesting discussion about it yesterday. I'm working on an article. It's a very interesting discussion about whether different yeshivas are allowing in and not allowing in. In some yeshivas, they allow in uh, only the, the Rebbe and the Menayal and the Moras allowed to bring their own homemade things. Everything else has to be purchased with specific hashkochas, right. etc. 
but I see that nobody is really doing too much with the other food, the junk food that's coming in. Some I know. yeshivas, some I, I yeshivas. I totally do- agree with you. I think some schools are some schools are maybe starting to try it, where they're saying you need one healthy option, but then parents are very confused what healthy means. Mm. They really are. They're not sure what healthy options are. I know my kids, uh, my children's school in Sharei Torah, they asked me the preschool to send the list because the Shabbat parties, even on Friday for the preschool, were getting a little mm-hmm. out of hand, and they were getting even uh, concerned with so much of the junk foods being brought in. So they hand me right up for them some options of healthier snack options. So there's still, don't get me wrong, there's still munchier choices. There's still well, we we, we foods, should do it. We should do an a article. Line, a limit. There's a line. We should do an article. Mrs. Well, Morgan, let's do an article. Kashmir Magazine, and we'll get it to all the yeshivas. Yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, but that'll be the next conversation we have. But you have four four okay. calls now. Go ahead, please. You're on Kashmir on the air. Can we help you? You're on Hi. the air. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to know. Um, I'm not talking about calling me. I just want to know. I called on Wednesday. I want to find out if if I have a job because I'm 13, uh, 12 and a half. I don't think you're calling the right show. I don't have any jobs. Sorry. I talked about the person that I was talking to, and he said I should wait a minute. Okay, but it's not from now. Okay, thank you very much. Thank maybe, you. Maybe you called the wrong station. I don't know. You're unconscious well, no, on the Bobby air. Probably just want the Kashroni, but uh, okay, well, he's not here now. Okay, can we help you? You're unconscious on uh, the air. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. I have a question. The Seven Eleven, the Slurpees. You always talk about how they're not kosher. The Slurpees to drink. One of my neighbors, I was telling this to them over Shabbos, and he said he actually called up one of the organizations, and he said that the syrup is provided by CRC or something like that. Right. Well, that is, you know, I said that we're not going to be discussing Slurpees on this station anymore. You can call me at 336, 718-336-8544. But the answer to your question is false. Um, The CRC doesn't certify any of these. There's a list of recommended Slurpees, and we found in many cases that they don't give you what it says on 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 the paper that's printed there. A lot of times you're getting other things given to you, and a lot of them are not kosher, or dairy, or et cetera, et cetera. So we don't feel that it's, it's recommended. I wouldn't say that nobody is allowed to do it. If they want to do it, then they, the rabbi tells them, whatever, I'm not going to stop anybody. But if you're asking me, I don't recommend anybody go buy Slurpees in 7-Eleven. Thank you very much. Okay, another caller, please. Go, you're on Kashmir's on the air. Can I help you? Please. Um, I... Called in a while ago, there was a show about gelatin, fish gelatin. Yes, sir. And I asked a question about if there's a barbecue and you have the first roasting the the hot dogs and then you're roasting the marshmallows, are you allowed to like, use the same stick? Is it like that serious, uh, like the sakana yeah. from the fish gelatin to the hot dogs, the meat? Well, we did a show on it, and we said that there are those who hold uh, strongly that you can't mix the two. There are others who hold the other way. This is something for you to ask your, ask your father, to ask the Rav and Shul, and he'll be able to answer you. I mean, I, I can't tell you for sure because there's different people who have different approaches towards it. But yes, there are those who hold you can't, and there are those who hold you can. Okay? Thank you so much. Take good night. Okay, you're on Couches on the Air. Can I help you? Me? Yes, you're on the air. Okay, I always feel like I have to take something in my mouth. I can never stop eating, and it always has to be sweet. Mrs. Warren, this is for oh, you. Oh, okay. What, what's your name? 
Uh, What's your name, caller? What's the difference? No, 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 no name, no name, please. Uh, uh, no name. No names, okay, please. Okay, I'm just trying to understand. So you're concerned because you sometimes have something sweet and you want something sweeter. I didn't really. No, she always, she always, they, she always has something in her mouth. I say he. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but they, they have something in their mouth. They always like to have sweet things in their mouth. They're, they're sucking at candies and and chewing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, yeah, it's, it's just it's good. Also, what I said before about making sure you're actually eating your meals in your day. Like, make sure you're having a breakfast, you're having lunch, um, and then try to stick to have only one sweet thing in a day or one. I call it a munchy snack in a day. Um, so, if you try to just limit it and just have it one time, and not feel like you have to have it all the time. Um, that's already a lot better. And the other snacks in your yeah. day should be more like fruits, fresh fruits, or vegetables. Um, but if you take, let's say, to school, an apple to school for one snack, and then the second snack is something that's more of what I call a munchy snack to munch on, um, that's, that's really good. But a lot of times we're snacking or munching because, let's say, we're bored or we're tired um, and things like that. So it's important to try to maybe do something else every time you're thinking about eating. And a lot of times that helps. Like, Maybe a lot of times we're sitting in the kitchen and the food's all around us, or we're sitting with friends and the food's all around us. So it's good to try to do something else. Like, uh, you know, I, I like also to be active during the school year. So if you do go and try to just put on some music and dance or do jump rope or play outside while the weather's still nice, that also just takes your mind off of always snacking. Okay. Thank you very much. Does that help you? Hello? Yeah. Yes. Did you hear, did you hear Mrs. Warren? My mother wants to ask something. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, ma'am, you have to get... You, you got, Hello? Yes, go ahead, please. Yes, hi. Um, I'm very weak. Uh, I have like a period of weakness like from uh, in the evening, the early evening. What is the fast food that can give me energy and is not unhealthy? Um, well, it's not about really the, uh, the quick fix. Again, it's a, a lot of these questions are coming back to the answer being that you really have to make sure you're fueling your, yourself well throughout the day, um, meaning that you're eating your, lunch, your meals and you're eating your snacks and you're drinking a lot of fluid, like you're hydrating yourself, especially as it's getting colder out. We're not really inclined to drink as much water, but it's really important. Like if you're feeling that way, if you probably drink um, a nice cup, you know, cold cup of water or had a cup of tea and really started refreshing yourself and hydrating, you might already feel a little pick-me-up because you might be dehydrated. Also, a lot of times it comes, especially I could hear that you're a mom, um, uh, it comes to a head at like that 4 or 5 o'clock time when all the kids start coming home and you were so busy in your day, you probably didn't really eat so well, and then now you're with the kids and the stress. So it's really important to get your food in throughout the day and then with them just try to really keep drinking and drink a lot. Um, probably around that time, and just sit and have a, a meal if you can. If it's 5.30, it's, it is dinner time, so you might want to eat something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that help you? Also, okay. just exercise in general, like um, being active in the day as a routine, just helps pick up your energy level. We'll try to take another call. Go ahead. We only have a few minutes more. Go ahead. You're on Cautious in the yes. Air. Can we help you? Yes. Yes. What is the advantage of Greek yogurt over the standard American yogurt? Fantastic question. Um, I don't really care the fact that it's Greek specifically. <laughs> it's just that there happens to be um, double the amount of protein in a Greek yogurt versus a regular yogurt. So there's um, uh, that's like a, one of the biggest reasons. Also, a lot of the Greek yogurts, and, and not to say, again, there's still a lot of um, products that might not have the best ingredients, but a lot of times 
Greek yogurts are more like naturally, there's more natural ingredients in them, um, but that's not always the case also. There's, there's exceptions. Um, but there's also, um, there's other brands now that, but if they are not Chalav Israel, they're kosher, but they're not Chalav Israel. There's other brands that started making regular yogurt, but in a way where they increase the protein content, which are starting to come out in the market. So it might not be anymore that I'm saying only Greek yogurt, but in the case as it is now, you do get more bang for your buck. They are more protein um, in the serving, so that's why I go for them. Okay, we're going to try to get another Thank couple you. of callers, and we have a whole bunch of callers here. Go ahead. You're on Kachas in the air. Okay. Okay, Iran, she's on the air. Yeah, hi. I want to know what the recipe is for the avocado treat that she said before. Oh, you have, said before. To, to, you have access to the Internet? It's, um, you go to Beth Warren it's my, Nutrition. It's on my website, bethwarrennutrition.com. It's already up there. It's called Rosh Hashanah Recipe Roundup on the blog, and you could click it. It's already there. Two R's in Warren. Dr. Warren. Eh? No, 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 no. Beth Warren Nutrition. Uh, that's it. And, and Warren is two R's. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. You're another, another call. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Hello? Yes, we're down to the wire. Here's, can you help you? Go ahead, please. Yeah, what's the number to, um, if you want to know the number about the Slurpee, private number? 718-336-8544. And um, when shall we call? You can call now, leave a message, and I'll get back to you. Okay? okay thank you. You're certainly welcome. And anyone else wants to call Kosher's Magazine, we want to get our Kosher Supervision Guide, which just came out, the, or the magazine, the subscription, or any issue about Kosher's you want, you can call us at 718-336-8544 or email us at Kosher's, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. We have no more time. Okay, so Mrs. Warren, thank you very much for joining us. I wish you a kasiva v'chasiva toiva and a good bench to you. That's the, that's the Ashkenazi's way of saying it. And, <laughs> and we're looking forward to the next time. But I want to do that together with you. We put something together which we can get to the yeshivas. Definitely. definitely. Okay. Thanks for having me. You're certainly welcome.